this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Asteroid City is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps Theater. My name is Grace, and I'm here with my co-host, Ariel. Ariel, how are you doing? I'm just going to stare at you awkwardly like I uh, like I know how to act on this earth. I'm okay. I'm good. I am excited to talk about this movie. I think it's there was a there's an emotional point where I was like, oh, I think I'm I think I'm invested now. So, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I was happy. Uh, yeah, Wes Anderson film, one that I had been tracking for a while because the cast is absolutely humongous. Um, and uh, when I saw the first trailer come out, I also was very excited excited by the aesthetic of, of the movie, um, which I know Wes Anderson has like this aesthetic that, you know, AI has been able to recreate, which apparently he hates. He does not like uh he's like you are all missing the point of why i do <laughs> the aesthetic i do and you're How minimalizing it you? to ai yeah uh i've heard a lot of critics be like yeah that ai thing misses the whole point of uh of wes anderson but anyway uh i think it's like yeah very fun this like desert city 
obviously Asteroid City. Um, we'll chat about it. Make sure you're subscribed. Postrecaps.com slash movies. I'm pretty sure he has, uh, Wes Anderson has another movie coming out this year. I think it, although I th- to say movie, I think he said, I'm putting on a Netflix because it's not a movie. Um, it's like very, it's it's much, it's very short, I think. But uh, yeah, he has another project coming out this year. Um, the Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar and six more coming oh to Netflix. Oh my God, and six more. They're all doll yeah. story. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's breaking news right here on the pod. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, let's spoiler free. What'd you make of Asteroid City, Ariel? I had a good time. I mean, to your point about the Wes Anderson of it all, it definitely feels and looks and sounds and just has the essence of what Wes Anderson's like cinematic language has become. And I think uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the newspaper that the last movie was called a French dispatch, something Gazette Ah, dispatch. So close. Um, I, which I, which I enjoyed parts of, but I thought was not necessarily my favorite. That other one, this one, I, I liked more and I think it has, it has a lot of heart, you know, towards the beginning, I would say the first, I don't need to, whatever, I don't need to put a a time on it, but for a first chunk of it, I was kind of feeling like, okay, this is definitely Wes Anderson definitely a lot of actors who I enjoy who clearly enjoy doing these movies like I had the thought of it's almost like people are going to be like screaming uh American Horror Story I'm not saying quality wise I'm just saying in the sense of like you have the same actors playing different roles but always for the same you know and always kind of feels the same it has similarities and yeah people will go a long way to come on and, and have like four lines in a Wes Anderson movie you yeah. know, like, and like big names exactly. like Steve Carell yeah Jeffrey Wright why wouldn't you? I imagine it's I yeah. imagine it's super, super fun. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, in the, in the beginning, I was kind of like, OK, this is like a fun play. It, it I, you know, I, I'm enjoying it, but I'm not necessarily connected to it. And then by the end, I was kind of very pleasantly surprised at how much I actually not a, not only grew to to care about some of the characters, but like got some of the message that I think the movie was trying to put across. And I think that's, uh, and I almost got a little emotional, so that's not nothing. And I, I had a good time by the end and I was really happy that it was able to, 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 uh, uh, what is it? Shoot an arrow through my heart, but like in a positive way. Wow. Like Cupid. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, when I went into this movie, I had, um, I had heard that there was a, plot mechanism to this movie that i was very much not excited about because i think what did not work for me for the french from the french dispatch was the three-story arc Mm -hmm. um i i really felt like i wanted sort of a complete movie not that it's not a complete movie but it just like i i had to readjust and um i've not revisited the french dispatch and I, i meant to before i went to go see asteroid city but i haven't but i would like to and so there is this the way in which this movie is told I thought I was I was absolutely going to hate. It's very much about the making of of art of of movies and and plays and a and a television show and it's kind of all all of that in one movie. And I, you know, I kind of get a little bit I really some of my favorite movies are movies about movies, but at the same time I sometimes, you know, 
dislike that, you know, these like, you know, Wes Anderson later in his career is going to like focus on the things that are relatable to him are how he makes art. And I'm like, I, I, that's fine. But like, you know, I just want to go back to like Grand Budapest Hotel, Royal Tenenbaums, like bottle. I just want like, you know, that type of like, you know, it doesn't have to be about movies or TV, which is very ironic because they have a movie podcast and we talk a ton about TV. So to think about like, I wouldn't like it, but I think sometimes it's like, uh, it's like this stuff has been told so many times, but I thought it worked so effectively. And I thought it said more about the human spirit than just, you know, why we, it's, 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 the, you know, that Babylon feel the end of Babylon. That's like, mm. ah, it's like, like movies are the best. Right. Like, like, wow. Like, magic. Like it's all worth it. Yeah. And I feel like there's such a different sentiment at the end of the movie that I, that I'm excited to chat about that really made me enjoy the the movie a lot i i really love the wes anderson aesthetic i actually in particular really love his comedy and i thought this movie got a ton of laughs in my in my movie theater i was not in a very big movie theater i was in i did a, a vip so you can like order food and drinks and, and those are very Ooh. small mm-hmm. um probably like 30 people probably if i'm like doing the math mm-hmm. um People were laughing, but I found I was laughing. I was the person who was kind of like chuckling more than other people. And I do find Wes Anderson, like, I think there's probably a critique that like, he's more clever than, than belly gusted, like funny. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, belly bursting funny. Um, but I find it very funny. And I thought there was some stuff in this movie that was like very, very funny. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that certainly was something that I, arrived at more easily and quicker along the runtime of the movie it just like some of the cleverness and just cheekiness you could say of some of these characters you know it's specifically like a a scarlet the scarlet johansson character who you know to our to my point about people who have been in this movies you know starting to be a just feels like she belongs in this universe no matter what version of a universe story wes anderson is telling and just like really funny there were po- you know the 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 point about the the laughing the crowd thing i think it's funny you find i've had this experience before where you find that there's a person or people that are laughing at the same things that you're laughing at yes. so you find like this common ground with yeah the stranger that you will probably never talk to yeah. uh, because other people are laughing at certain things, but you and this other person, and in this case, that's what it was for me are laughing at like the same kind of humor. And it's, it's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah. And it's uh, that happened for me. And it was just a really wonderful experience. It's, it's so dumb. Like some of the humor is so stupid, but no less intelligent, if that makes sense. And just to see, you know, characters be, fully themselves to their own detriment at times i think was was super effective and that that was always working the thing with me that wasn't working a little bit in the beginning i think structurally i was like okay i can kind of keep track of this but i want to make sure i'm not missing anything uh the other thing was like just feeling like some of the some of these actors and some of the performances not that they were just going through the motions, but it felt like this. I, I was waiting for this movie to separate itself from just this is a Wes Anderson movie. And and it did eventually get there, but um, that's how I was feeling at the beginning. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, sometimes I wonder, like, you know, this is the thing that like really caught my attention in this movie again is the, the the incredible size of the cast and just who's in it. Like Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, Jeff Goldblum, um, Edward Norton, Brian Cranston, Tilda Swinton, Jeffrey Wright, Tom Hanks. It, it's huge. It's like humongous. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder sometimes if like, does, you know, Steve Carell popping up to be you know, no spoil. Like it's not a spoiler. He's a host. He's the hotel manager, and he has some. There's some funniness to the stuff, and it's it's like get you it. Know, but you're like, you know, you're watching Steve. I'm like that's Steve Carell rather than like the hotel manager. That's much more of like a lesser, you know, name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that it kind of worked for me, especially with the plot mechanism that we'll we'll get into um, as we chat more about how the movie is structured. I thought that that actually kind of worked for me um so yeah let's let's spoil let's build a psrt on asteroid city um so the plot mechanism that i was alluding to is basically this movie is a television show that is showing basically it's depicting how this play asteroid city was made and the play is depicted sometimes in like it's as like um as if you're watching the play but at other times the movie is the play is my under so it's a movie a tv show and a play all in one is 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 that is that your read of the movie ariel as well that like the times yeah. where it's like looks like a like just looks like a regular movie that's still supposed to be the play yeah and like the the very colorful saturated Wes Anderson like he I mean he has his like own filter at this point right uh yeah. Wes Anderson like visuals were for me like now we're in the play within the television show universe so like we're like uh two levels down so to speak and then anytime there was like the black and white it was a little bit more like we're we have stepped out of that and we are now like only one level deep if that makes sense yeah, it's a little confusing, I will say. <laughs> it was in the beginning, but, you yeah. know, stuff like that with my brain, I'm like, ooh, I like a challenge. I just, there's a balance between, like, confusing me and, like, uh, stringing me along in a way that feels satisfying. Yeah. So, in the play, there's this war photographer, Augie Steenbeck, who's played by uh, Jason Schwartzman. And he gets to this junior stargazer convention that's set in Asteroid City. His son is uh, um, Woodrow, played by Jake Ryan. And then he has three daughters who are uh, Andromeda, Pandora, and Cassiopeia. And their car breaks down. And they call, uh, he call, Augie calls his father-in-law to be like, you have to come pick up the girls. I'll stay with Woodrow. Um, at the convention, you can pick her up. And then he's like, so you haven't told them that their mother died yet? And he's like, no, I'm getting to it. So their mother has died <laughs> three weeks before, and then he went on like a road trip with them. Um, he does tell them about the their mother dying, um, which seems like Woodrow is like, yeah, I think I knew, but I was just like, you know, didn't tell me. Um, and yeah, and then so Augie and Woodrow, I guess the girls are there too, but they meet Midge Campbell, who's played by Scarlett Johansson, who is an actress who has done TV plays. Uh, so again, it's like so meta. Um, but her daughter, Dina, is uh, is also being honored at the There's kind of like five kids, and most of the characters are either, they, they're from Asteroid City, or they are part of the families that are there because like all of these kids are brainiacs. Uh, Woodrow is specifically given the nickname brainiac, but they're all mm. smart kids who have made 
scientific inventions that they're being honored for, and one of them is going to win a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, Augie and Midge, uh, and both Woodrow and Dina, both kind of like fall in love with each other. Uh, mostly Augie and Midge are doing this while they're like sitting in their like hotel you know, bungalows through the windows. Uh, there's this aesthetic in the trailer that you've, if, you, if you've seen that while Woodrow and Dina are sort of doing it in the midst of like all the five kids like hang out together and like, are like playing this memorization game that like, they're like, nobody at home would play this game with me, um, which is amazing. Um, people who work at asteroid city include this five-star general Griff Gibson played by uh, Jeffrey Wright. We have an astronomer, astronomer, Dr. Hickenlooper, who's played by Tilda Swinton. Um, and then there's these other parents. Um, uh, there's also a busload of elementary school children. Their teacher is June played by Maya Hawk. And there is a gang of cowboys, um, led by the singer named Montana, who's played by Rupert. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all staying. They, so uh, th- uh, they all sort of arrive at the same time um, for this uh, convention. They are welcome to the convention and the teenagers awarded. As they are doing this ceremony, an, a UFO appears and an alien emerges and steals the meteorite that landed, that created this like asteroid city, the crater many years ago. Um they created the crater and Augie takes a photograph of the alien and then they essentially get quarantined in asteroid city. It's like, you can't leave because like we have to make sure that we know what's up with this alien who came down. So the very, fu- there's very funny. I, one of my the laugh the hardest is when Augie takes the photo and the alien like kind of poses for the, <laughs> the picture, <laughs> uh, like holding the little uh, meteorite was very uh-huh. funny. Yeah. Um, there's all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, uh, Montana and June start to develop this relationship as like he believes that like probably the alien was being peaceful as like all the kids are like asking. She's trying to like keep with the lesson plan. <laughs> She's like, we we were going to talk about space. We're going to talk about Neptune. And they're like, what about the alien that dropped down? I yeah. didn't have time to prepare the new lesson plan about it's the so alien. Funny. So we can't talk about the it's alien. So funny. All the kids are just asking questions about the alien as anyone would. Yes. It's, it was very funny. And she's like, let's keep on track. But then like Montana comes and there's like a whole thing where like, one of the kids who runs away it's very funny he's like smoke this kid is like nine maybe eight or nine and he's just smoking with this kid with his cigarette with the adult <laughs> and he gives a little like see you see you pal as he like as he like gets like brought back to the thing but he he writes a song about the alien and how it's is it's only there for peaceful means yeah which is an incredibly catchy song like yeah. everyone yeah, it is to yeah. it the it lyrics of the song are the dance moves which is yeah. like the perfect thing when you're learning a song for the first time this kid is signed this kid signed this kid to a deal yeah. that kid is my i think my favorite part of the movie honestly him and billy uh who's all, who billy just keeps asking <laughs> the question what about the alien yeah yeah <laughs> um all right the stargazer crew the five kids who have all made these different inventions um and one of there's some fun stuff here where like one of them keeps being like do you dare me even though nobody's <laughs> daring him he's like do you dare me to jump off the roof of this building like no and then he does it anyway um i did i did quite enjoy them mm-hmm. um 
they steal Dr. Hick- Hickenlooper's equipment to send a message to the alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also they call a school newspaper and therefore like the, the word of like an alien landing on earth has like spread across the globe. And I love that Dr. Hickenlooper, Hickenlooper comes and is like, you think that she's going to be like mad that they did this. And she's just like, why didn't you tell me I would have helped. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like very, yeah. yeah um, this one is incredible as always. Yeah. So, the events of Asteroid City become national news, and uh, General Gibson. Uh, there's very funny, but they're gonna like uh, arrest the kids for like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. treason. For, uh, treason, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but just as he's about to uh, like say that the emergency is over, the UFO visits the crater again and returns the asteroid, the meteorite, and mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna have to reinstate the quarantine." <laughs> yeah. And then immediately, there's like a revolt where they're all like, "And and one of the inventions is like this like ray that can like shoot things to smithereens." And there's mm-hmm. like, like uh, laser. yeah, laser. And so they all revolt, and um, and they used basically like all of the inventions to like you know sort of overpower the military. Mm-hmm. Um, but as this is happening. Uh, and there's an earlier moment where, okay, so like it's just so deep. So there's a moment really early on where the actor who plays Augie, so like mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman is playing an actor who's playing Augie. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he like auditions for the part. And he asks about this moment where Augie is going to burn his hand on the griddle as he's having this like, well, we actually don't know at that that moment, like anything about the scene. And right. he's like, oh, they they have sort of him and the the author of the play sort of have differing views of like why he does that. And the, the, uh, the author of the play, Conrad, is like, oh, that's actually brilliant. That's really smart, actually. Um, like your reason that he wants to like his heart is beating so fast. He needs to do something to like mm. explain why his heart is beating so fast. And then. The actor and the director of the play just like straight up, they just kiss. The guy takes his pants off and then they kiss. So it's like, okay, yeah. Later, then we see that scene happen where he like burns his hand as he's like talking with Midge and we get more of the context for the scene. But there's this moment where Augie, so his wife has died. He's sort of like falling in love with Midge. He's doing all this stuff. He's, you know, he's this, every, there's a lot going on in his life. And he, he like sort of like walks out of the play. And so we sort of get this like, you know, meta thing of like, we see him like leave the set of the play and mm-hmm. he walks off. And at this point we have had a he scene. He rips off his facial hair. Right. We have had a scene with Adrian Brody and Hong Chow. Adrian Brody is the director of the play. So I said it was the director earlier. Conrad is the playwright. Adrian Brody's character is the director of the play, Schubert. And this guy's like, he's like going through a divorce and there's all, you know, whatever. And Augie comes, the I guess the actor who plays Augie comes off stage and is like, why do I, why am I doing all this stuff? Like what, what is my character's motivation basically? Mm -hmm. And Schubert's like, I, I don't know actually. Um, but I don't think it matters. I think you just have to keep going and keep doing. He says, he's this, this was my favorite line in the whole movie. He says, I still don't understand the play. And Adrian Brody's character responds. It doesn't matter. Just keep telling the story. Right. I love that. I love that. There's also some scenes with like Schubert and this is where um, so it's Adrian Brody and Willem Dafoe's character where they are like teaching an acting class and in the audience are dispersed like basically everybody who's going to be in this play. Actually, it might all be all the actors from the play where they're like Conrad Earp is still like trying to figure out some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get some of that. And anyway, um, and then we get the scene where Augie's the person who's playing Augie like goes outside to like get some air and across from him 
is Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie's basically role in the movie thus far has been she's in the the photo of like Augie's dead wife. So she has yeah. died. And they talk about and she's like, oh, we were supposed to have a scene that they cut before I died. Yeah. And, as, as the dead wife, ostensibly right. like a flashback or something. Right. And so she's like, do you remember it? And he's like, no. And so then she like does it. She like recreates the scene. Line for like, line. Yeah. And he's like, wow, good memory. And then and then he like walks back in and then um I, th I think it's um I, I think it's Matt Dillon's character who's also in this movie comes yeah. out I was like, hey, we were supposed to have a scene together. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> you missed your cue. You have to get back out there. Yeah, it, it cuts. Um mm -hmm. and so um yeah, and then we find and then it just kind of cuts and Conrad Earp died before <laughs> the the at the end of the show's run, I think. Um and then the end of the movie, the, it's like we're back in the play and Augie and his family, they like wake up and like what happened. And Steve Carell's character, who's the motel manager, is like, oh, the quarantine got lifted and everybody left. They and left so, you. Yeah. So they've all gone. Uh, Midge does leave a P.O. box for mm -hmm. Augie. Um, and then we learned that Woodrow had won the scholarship. He won the fellowship. He was his yeah. invention was the best. His invention is to project images onto the moon. And I do love he's like puts an American flag. I thought it'd be patriotic. He he does because he's fallen in love with Dina. He does put like Woodrow uh, W S plus like D C or whatever. Mm -hmm. in their heart. initials, yeah. Their initials. Um, but I do love Leah Schreiber. At one point, it's like, what is he trying to do? Why is he putting the American flag on them? <laughs> he's gonna start World War Three. Um, all this is said. 1955 i didn't say that either um but then they all get in the in the car um uh augie woodrow the three girls uh stanley tom hanks character and they drive away uh there's some really funny stuff with tom hanks and the three girls were like about burying the mom's ashes which is in tupperware um and they want to be witches so they like keep they keep telling him that they'll their father they're their grandfather they'll curse him uh oh, if he if he doesn't if he doesn't leave the ashes where they are um but then they drive away and that's that's the movie those those three little girls are they're so great. hilarious they're great and so funny and they yeah. all have like their own little distinct personalities and the way they talk over each other yet still allow each other to speak is very realistic and you know there's the one the, of course the one that i connected to the most of the three little girls it seems to be like the most diabolical one where she's like she's her stuff is always the most like violent where she's like i will you know kill you or yeah that a demon on you or whatever it is that she says yeah you mentioned tom hanks in relation to them which i agree was so cute to watch him you know interact with the girls but my favorite thing about the tom hanks character was like watching him on the margins just be a creep right, right. like and of course it's like that classic thing of we're gonna cast you and it's like you know cast against type and he's just like when he first meets uh scarlett johansson's character and he's like hey and he's like we're watching him be creepy and then jason i Schultz went to university with your too. with your with your agent with your, your former, agent. and then he's like she's like actually it's my former and she's like well say hi and she's like i don't talk to him anymore <laughs> and then like the way and he's uh, kind of leering and the yeah. way that he also interacts with uh i believe it's hope davis's character when she's like like i'm not sure if it was the part where she was near the shower but he's just like being very gross with these with these women and I, it's so funny to watch tom hanks be that guy yeah we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse 
carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. So I, I really liked this movie a lot. And again, I, I thought that like I, I was really worried about this choice for it to be, you know, a television um you know, viewing of a play Mm -hmm. and sort of the intermingling of like these, like almost every, they put it this thing where it's almost like, I don't know. It's like, it will be like act one scenes one to three. Yeah. Like these title cards on the screen. Yeah. And, and some, it'll often like start with like the black and white, like the TV show telling us this like backgroundy thing before then showing us the, play which is like in full color basically most of the time um i was really nervous about it working there's even one thing later that i'm like when brian cranston who's just his character is the host Mm -hmm. um yeah he's our he's our like eyes and ears into understanding the first level and separating the second level the play within the universe for us and kind of like setting up that context there's a scene where we we there's some they're near the communal showers and it pans over and it's brian Cran- and he's standing there and he goes oh i'm not in this scene and he leaves it's- and i was like it's funny but it, it uh, the whole thing like broke my brain in terms of like but he's not in the play he's doing the tv no show. he's not in the play which is why but he, here's why i loved it because i laughed so hard at that moment and i just thought it was so funny for brian cranston obviously an incredible actor with an incredible voice you know they're uh 
Jeffrey Wright is known for his for his voice and he's in this but like also Brian Cranston has like that deep gravelly voice that has become famous mm -hmm. and he's a great narrator and then to see him have such an incredibly comedic moment where he we've, we've only seen him in black and white because he exists in the quote unquote real world that we are seeing the first level down and then he appears in color all of a sudden off the screen and he's like yeah. oh am I not supposed to be in this? And then he just, just walks away. Walks away. It was yeah. hilarious because I think to your point about the mechanism, having either a purpose or being, you know, the juice being worth the squeeze. It was moments like this and the emotional one that I want to get back to where like, it felt like, okay, it, this made it, uh, worthwhile for you to introduce this mechanism which on its on its surface especially in the beginning i was feeling like okay this is just like a clever gimmick this is like the sh the the gimmick of the movie that they're going to use but like to use it cleverly like this i thought i thought really worked yeah because i i think that they're the, so really for me my biggest takeaway there's lots of stuff in here about like wonder and you know sort of like it's you know space is a big thing is an alien that literally comes down and like steals mm -hmm. the asteroid and all the kids and their invention and there's lots of like wonder uh, between you know these characters who potentially like are you know in love or like this you know even the Liev Schreiber and his kid the kid being the kid who's like uh do you dare me to right there's a moment where like um he they're like interrogating that like why do you do that and he's like, I, I don't know. And then he's like, um, and they're like, okay, so I like, whatever. And it's Steve Carell's there too. And then he's like, okay, do you dare me? And they're like, what? He's like, go climb the top of that cactus. And they're like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. No. Yeah. But so there's lots of he's stuff like never in here. never bothered to like ask himself why he does those things. Yeah. So there's lots in here that I really like. But I do think the for me, the biggest takeaway and where I felt like the most it, it worked the most emotionally is, is that thing you're, you were saying about um, the quote of, you know, he's like, I don't understand the play. And he says, that's okay. Just keep telling the story. I yeah. did really like this because there's, um, you know, we don't really get much about Conrad Earp. Who's um, that's Ed, Ed Norton. Who's the, who writes this play and like why he decides to write this play. There is this conversation with, um, you know, the actor who's playing Augie, Jason Schwartzman's character about some of the motivation for the play and, and whatever. And and also, you know, they do include this piece about like the, they're two seemingly gay men or, you know, um, and, and there's something there. But Adrian Brody's character has this moment with Hong Chow, who plays his ex-wife, and she comes in to visit him. And it seems like their marriage, like she's the one who made this decision. And there's some some the line is something like, you know, you know, I still care about you. And he says, but you don't love me. And she says, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't love you. And and then she is, you know, she's like, okay, make sure, like, you know, you, you know, our kid, they have a kid or whatever. Make sure you, you know, come pick him up or something. You know, not like in a you know, oh, you never do this. It it just feels like they just weren't in love. And so mm -hmm. he's he's playing the director of this play, and he's really only in like those two scenes. Mm -hmm. Really hilariously, Jeff Goldblum twice is seen. He's going to play the alien in the play, <laughs> but you only ever just see him like getting his like getting prepared. It was uh, such very a funny reveal that it was yeah. Jeff Goldblum as the alien. It's yeah, incredible. So when when Augie comes out, like the guy again, the actor who plays Augie. And we have this this moment for me. I just was like, oh, that's really good of like, I don't know. I feel like 
this, you know, I often feel this way. There's this joke I remember about like, you know, when you're like in high school English class and you're sitting there being like, mm. you know, and the teacher's like, why, why was the carpet green? And you're like, I don't know. I get like MV or greed or whatever. And like, it's like, no, it's because of this reason. And then it's like, literally the author would be like, ah, no, there's no, no, the carpet's just green. Like <sighs> this, like the intentionality behind people who make art and why they're making art. And I think that this idea that, you don't always have to have this full fledged idea about what you want, what you're trying to say and what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. If you just start doing it, then, you know, th there is the scene when he asks, like, why does he put his hand on the, on the, on the griddle? And Conrad Earp says, I don't know. As I was writing him, he just did it. Yeah. And I just think that like this idea of just kind of keep, going just kind of keep moving and i the reason why it works for me and it's not just all wrapped up in this like it's not for me just about art and making movies or plays or writing a book or whatever there's a way in which like that tracks onto just your life in general yeah. of right. like when things it doesn't feel like the puzzle is complete just keep keep going and keep trying like if you stop right then because there's this other scene in the in the play where Woodrow comes up to Augie and is like, were you going to leave? Were you going to abandon us? And he's like, yeah, I thought about it. And he's like, not forever. I was just going to go and do something else. And then I would come back. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. Woodrow's like, okay, I forgive you for thinking about abandoning us. Cause he's like, I'm, I'm not going to abandon you. I decided right. I'm not going to it. do it. I love, I just love that the spirit of this of like, mm -hmm. yeah, there was Augie had this choice to like kind of stop and halt his life and give up on everything. And not in this like suicidal way. Like that's not, to me, that's not the like, there's any of that in the movie or just keep moving on. And there's some of that with like the stuff with Midge. Like if part of me feels like his wife died three weeks ago and he's like falling in love with Midge, but like, I don't know. It's part of the, like, just keep going, keep doing, mm -hmm. keep like, keep taking pictures, keep, keep doing it because yeah. that th a story will come out of it. And you're telling that story. And this is part of that story. Right. It's like making, um, art for art's sake right and right. you could argue that that's clearly something that wes anderson feels strongly about and you know has been very experimental in his movies for the most part to great success and he would argue even even things that you person one uh, the, the royal one would personally think wasn't uh, a worthwhile endeavor one of his movies it doesn't matter like i that scene again adrian brody first of all we he i was kind of out on him and by that i mean i was never really on the adrian brody train mm -hmm. and then i saw him in poker face a show that we yeah. covered and there was something that like he unlocked for through that character or the character for him whatever it was mm -hmm. this combination i was like okay wow now i like see adrian brody like as an actor that i feel feel a connection to right feel empathy towards or from and i think that's part of what this movie is getting at and he's so warm in this role I, i'm just gonna say it there's an adrian brody like uh re what's the word not rehash uh, renaissance renaissance going on right now he's been a lot of like, stuff he, winning he's, time he's, he's really so good. good like so good in this yeah. and again like it's such a small portion of time that he's on the screen but that conversation that he has with jason jason schwartzman's character of just like just keep telling the story it's not just that that like feels like a thesis a crystallization of 
a part of what this movie is supposed to represent, but also he's so warm when he's saying it. There's just something very human about their connection in that moment that like kind of knocked me off my feet. Like that sounds corny, but I just, I loved it so much. And then it comes right after that comes that scene that is my favorite scene in the entire movie where Margot Robbie does Jason Schwartzman and Margot Robbie have like this back and forth of recreating the scene that only Margot Robbie remembers Mm -hmm. in her mind. And it is the thing that I felt most emotion about. And like, to your point a little bit about like the connections that we seek, like the, even when things don't make sense to us, the things that do make sense are our connections to other people. And in that moment, he, in his, in his moment of uncertainty as to why his character is doing a certain thing or why he is even involved in this whole thing, Margot Robbie gives him that via the art. They talk solely about their role. They have like a small conversation, but the majority of, of what they talk about is just the scene. They recreate the scene and it's so perfect. Like I think it's one of my favorite, one of my, yes. One of my favorite Margot Robbie moments, period, like in all of her acting. And it was incredible. She's on the screen for like five minutes yeah, like you just said, it's 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 a little bit about and this just makes it all that much more profound, right? The scene that they are reenacting in that moment is like ostensibly one of the final moments or if not the final moment between those two characters because she is dying. And that is so incredibly human and powerful and relatable. And after those two moments, like the Adrian Brody moment and then this moment, I was like, yeah, all right. This movie's good. All right. Now, <laughs> like it's, it's, it, you got me. You got me. I was I was very happy. Yeah, I I like that. That to me is like the best part of the movie. And basically everything else is in there for me. It it's mostly like f- funny more than it is mm-hmm. like anything else. Like I'm thinking of like the Tilda Swinton stuff. I think it's really funny of her. Mm-hmm. She kind of like you can sort of see that like um why Woodrow would get the the scholarship at the end because she's like so impressed. There's um he figures out there's this like signal that nobody has been able to decipher. And he's like, oh, that's that says today. And then um later when the alien returns, so that's the day that the alien comes. And then later when the alien comes back, he's like, Hey, the signal says today again. Um, and so and then there's this other there's other like mathematician thing that she's like, nobody's been able to figure out. He's like, let's try to figure it out. And so I don't know. There, there's the connection is is pretty cute there for like fostering this like the you know his his ideas and what he's good at. Um, but yeah, that's like sense of community, right? Like, I guess it goes back to the a little bit to the Margot Robbie moment of like find somebody that you connect with, and that's like you know a Woodrow the character connecting with uh, the Tilda Swinton character in just the things that genuinely interest them, and like that's the you know, the, the beauty of life, uh, to just find people that are not necessarily interested in the same things that you, as you, but passionate about things and able to, you know, transmit that. And you have like that energy exchange between you. That's like, that's what being human is about. And that's, that's beautiful. And the, the way that the movie kind of plays with the humor and calibrating it underneath the emotional stuff or I guess above depending on which way you're looking at it if you're an alien or not uh for coming from above Mm -hmm. it's it's incredible it's like honestly it's a little bit of a of a miracle that those those moments at the end that like I 
I wanted to talk about so much felt like a miracle. Like, wow, this movie has transcended its limitations. And I yeah. don't just mean the movie itself, like trans has transcended the limitations of the medium and has become something like more profound. There's an article from inverse that I really liked because I, I was kind of struggling even after I saw it about like, what is this movie about? Um, like, what was it trying to say? And there's an inverse article that I really like. And it's, it's, a, it's, um, uh, the cast all give wildly different interpretations in terms of what Asteroid City is, is about. But they lead off the article with Jeffrey Wright's interpretation. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright's a genius uh, because he was able to distill what this movie is about. I love I love this. The story, I think, is a metaphor for the story of our lives. I think maybe if you can distill it down to one thing, the story or the play is about pressing on. It's about persevering, surviving, and maybe even flourishing. It's about keep moving. Uh, and then Adrian Res Brody responded to that. He said, oh, God, yeah, that's good. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> good job. Good job, Adrian Brody. Um, yeah, the alien thing, I, again, I just think was so funny because on its surface, that's like should be the headline, right? Like this alien comes and then he returns, although we only really see the alien once because I think the second time he just kind they of just like dropped. The, we see his hands. Yeah, we see no. his hand. But there's just something so funny and, you know, can stand as a metaphor for for feeling othered when the alien comes and like drops down from his little ship and everyone's just staring at him. And then we get the viewpoint of the alien also just staring back at everyone. And yeah. there's a feeling of like, OK, is it is, yeah. is everything cool? Because I just I'm going to do this thing and take it. seems like they're not going to kill me. So I'm just going to go like there's a quirkiness and uh just a, a a wonderfully positive energy coming off of the alien and this entire scene is obviously and I'm glad they didn't try to have any kind of verbal communication or uh, you know with the alien because it just speaks to again that universal connection that like beings have whether they're human or not and it's it worked and yet still the alien thing feels in in the shadow of all this other human stuff and you know thoughts on human connection and art and all that it is the alien portion is completely overshadowed by that in a way that I think is very effective and is like a subversion of what your expectation is going into this movie and what it will be about. I also thought the alien looked so silly in a way that completely worked. I don't, yes. I don't know. Like, I don't know how or why. Like, it doesn't it, it kind of doesn't look real it almost looks like no. claymation yes i was gonna say claymation as well yeah but there's a very funny line i think the only line jeff goldblum has in the entire movie is as he's sitting backstage as as augie like passes him to go into schubert's office jeff goldblum says i think the alien is a metaphor <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny jeff yeah. goldblum uh make doing doing a lot with a little as always yeah um yeah, I, th I I thought the 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 Montana June the teacher dynamic and, the, and with all the kids was really funny um, as as well. I really enjoyed that. I mean, we talked about the song. I thought the kids were like specifically the two kids, like the one who sneaks away to go smoke, mm -hmm. and then the one who just won't stop asking questions. I thought it was all really funny and really worked. Um, and for me, there was like the cowboys being the most optimistic about why yeah. the aliens would come. I thought was was really fun. There's a moment. I think when the stargazers are like trying to steal the technology and the asteroid has just been stolen and he's like, I don't know. Is it like, is that his or is it ours? Whose is it? Like, like there's just a conversation <laughs> about like the, like what this would actually mean in terms of like who, 
who did the bad who did did they do a bad thing like what their intention was essentially mm -hmm. like it could be theirs but like if they if it if it fell on earth and isn't it ours did they steal it from us but the the cowboy sort of like teaching the kids and the and the teacher like you know just look at it like if you, if you think positively i feel like uh was a message i i really enjoyed from just like that little section of the movie and boy maya hawk really looks like your mom it's like so ridiculous yeah, always but there's something about this movie in particular yeah that i was definitely feeling it and just looking very tall uh very statuesque and i mean that in in only the positive ways yeah um good for her i you know a nepo baby i can stand behind for sure i also think um i don't know this is on purpose but uh, you know or how much intentionality there is but the idea of a movie that comes out like you know post a lot of the covid pandemic lockdowns where the the biggest like actiony scene of the movie is essentially like like the asteroid comes back like we got to quarantine everyone's like no <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone revolt. was like no way no way yeah, yeah it's very funny yeah yeah and i just love also very quickly about the alien again when the, when he drops the uh, when the alien drops the asteroid mm -hmm. again and then they look at it and i think it's jeffrey wright's character was like oh it's been inventoried. There's yeah, like that's right. There's like hieroglyphics on it. He's like, oh, it's been inventoried. They just wanted inventory. Yeah. Yeah, which is like such a hilarious universal bureaucratic thing of like, okay, yeah, even the aliens would be like, okay, we need to go back to get that thing, uh, document it, index it, and then we can drop it off again. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, yeah, I don't know anything else about this movie. I feel like, yeah, for me, that's like the biggest takeaway is like that that theme of of persevering, moving on, keep going, keep telling stories. Really, really worked for me. Not the rest of the movie, like aesthetically, it's so it's so good. It's so mm -hmm. aesthetically just like so pleasing, yeah, um, and so fun. Uh, I think like you know, again, I always say this with the caveat, like if you feel safe to do so, I think it's certainly worth going to see in theaters. What's interesting movie doing this weird thing where they often get like a really limited release. And then don't get. And I was thinking about this with Wes Anderson. It's very strange. I feel like he's one of the most prolific directors of the last, say, twenty years. He has such a distinct style that I feel like very few directors get and, and get sort of the recognition and sort of cult love. I definitely know there are people who are like, I'm over the aesthetic of Wes Anderson stuff. Mm -hmm. But and okay, yet TikTok. Yeah, and yet there's it's not like his movies do gangbusters at the box office. It's yeah. not they're like they're usually like critical darlings, you know, they have like cult followings, like you said. Yeah. Um but, but like look um, at the cast here. As the kids would say, it's a vibe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little disappointing that like, yeah, this gets like a, a bit of a limited release and as is expanded, like I don't think it's still everywhere so but again if you get a chance to get also the runtime is pretty good it's like an hour 45 uh pretty we much we stand with right the on. previews that's a two-hour experience and yeah that's that's these days that's like best case scenario yeah it's good i think it's only made about three million dollars so far on a 25 million dollar budget so that feels disappointing but i do hope as people i feel like the reception of this has been really good um i do yeah so hopefully um it picks up uh i i mean i guess it doesn't matter because he's he already has he's starting a, another film in the fall i think so you know. they're gonna say he's starting a podcast <laughs> yeah he's starting a podcast no no about ai what if the twist is that like wes anderson himself is just like the original ai yeah um i wouldn't be mad his next movie is uh It'll be his 12th feature film. It's going to star Michael Sarah, Benicio del Toro, 
Brian Cranston and Jeff Goldblum seem to be the four headliners. And then I'm sure Jason Swartzman would be really mad. Do you think that this is what happens? That he's like, he's like talking to Jason Swartzman. He's like, yeah, I'm making a movie. And Schwartzman's like, so I'm in it, right? And and Wes Anderson can't say no. He can't say no. And yeah. then also he's feeling bad that Jeff Goldblum and Brian Cranston didn't have that much to do in this movie. So he's like, all right, in the next one, I'll give you like more of a starring role. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Jason Schwartzman was great as Augie Steenbeck. I did really like him. I haven't yeah. talked much about Scarlett Johansson. Similar oh, do you know who played movie. Midge in this movie? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Incredible. I, you know, to mention those two characters, I felt like with them two in particular, I was feeling a little bit in the very beginning and in a way that, as I've said, kind of grew on me over time and felt like very well earned and effective. In the beginning, both of the, when I first encountered both of those characters, it felt a little bit just like they were going through the Wes Anderson motions, like yeah. whether it be with the dialogue and with the the way they were literally acting, just th not just through their words, the way they were moving around or not in the case of, certainly in the case of uh, Scarlett Johansson's character, not moving around, trying to mm -hmm. be like as still as possible and like coming from a position of power. Mm -hmm. Or I was like, okay, like, yeah, I like you Scarlett Johansson, but like, what are you, what are you bringing to this? How am I going to feel about this afterwards? And I think, uh, I would argue to the a little bit to the point of the overall movie. It wasn't until their connection to each other flourish in a way that I could see and and care about that I started to care about them both together and separately. So I was I was pleasantly yeah. surprised. Um, there's a really great scene. You mentioned Hope Davis before, who plays one of the mothers of the stargazers, and she's at the community. Actually, this is the this is the Brian Cranston. I'm, I'm not supposed to be in this scene. I think mm -hmm. is. Um, they go, she goes up, they're waiting in line at the shower. And she goes, oh my God, I love Hope Davis. I loved you in this thing. And she's like, thank you. She's like, I don't know why more people didn't like it. <laughs> like, I think, she's like, I think people liked it. And she's then like, Mitch is like, oh, well, well I liked I, it. I'm, I'm sure some people did. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I liked it. You know, it's so funny. The like backhanded compliment that like, you uh -huh. know, is so, that feels so real. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then I think this is where it pans over and Chris like, I'm not in this scene. <laughs> and he leaves. <laughs> Um, also, I just want to give big credit to us. I think he's so good at naming characters. Augie Steenbeck, Midge Campbell, General, General Griff Gibson, Dr. Hickenlooper, yeah. Conrad Earp. Great names. There great was names. something. Yeah, there's something like um, almost tactile about the pronunciations and the way that like you feel and sound when you're saying those names. It remind in the beginning of the movie with the dialogue and with the names. I was reminded a little bit of like uh Aaron Sorkin and in the sense of like he has his own he had for a long time his own like language and like kind of uh cadence to the there was a cadence to the way that characters communicated usually in those universes and I think the same is true for like the Wes Anderson universe not that they are the same but just that they're it is a very distinct thing yeah you talked about the three the girls and how they like they don't talk over each other, but there's a there's the scene very early on when like Augie calls his father in law. So it's mm -hmm. Schwartzman and Tom Hanks, and the way that they're going back and forth on the phone is so good. I was talking about. I feel like Wes Anderson's comedy for me really works where it's a really ridiculous situation that people are taking incredibly seriously. Uh, no, is that is that right? Is it the opposite? I think so. uh, Sometimes it's the opposite, but I think in this case it was it's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. Anything else about Asteroid City? No, I feel no. in the beginning, I was like, why are we here in this desert? And by the end, I felt like I had been hit by an asteroid. So oh, there well. you go. yeah, right to the heart. 
Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. We we shall see. Post recap theater. Uh, there, uh, no hard feelings is out. We'll we'll see. We're gonna I think tepidly. We'll see how it is. I think this is a movie that's getting really bad uh, critic reviews and then better audience scores. Audience cereal. reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. So, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where we land. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll see. So we maybe may or may not be back later this week. Uh, in the meantime, Ariel, what else you got going on? Wow. I, you know, I'm just going to keep telling the story as, as we like to do around these parts, keep recapping the story. I should say, uh, you, me and, uh, rich are covering dark, the Netflix show. And we are hurtling towards the asteroid impact, so to speak, AKA the end. There are only a few more episodes left. Very sad about that. Uh, covering the idol with you and maybe not maybe don't keep telling this been also kind of like a a meteor hitting but like not in the good way in the bad way (laughs) i mean they maybe they did decide because the rumor was six episodes and now it seems to be five that seems like five we don't know what happened so good (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i'm on twitter at that other ariel Cool. In addition, I'm chatting Succession. We are wrapping up with our Battle Royale and episode rankings this week. Uh, Black Mirror coverage happening on Post Show Recaps. Chatted through all five episodes with LT and Mike. And then LT and I have been getting with uh, joined by some guests to chat about each individual episodes. And yeah, I think uh, over on Rob is a podcast, the pride has spoken series happening. The time you're listening to this, we should have had uh, an interview with Missy bird that's out. So check that out. We interviewed Carla and hi as well. And we'll have one final interview. I'm very excited about who we're chatting with. I'm on Twitter at hi from grace. We'll be back uh, at some point with more movie coverage until then. I'm grace. That's Arrow, And we are questioning. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.